These are the facts. The world is in trouble, but we're going to straighten it out. We are going to build the wall, okay? Don't worry. America first. Together, we will make America great again. That's what I do. I fix things. We're going to straighten it out. Welcome to Unprecedented. It's episode three of the series that looks at uh, the four years that will be President Trump in the White House. And who knows, it may be eight. So you could be listening to this series for a long, long time. Well, for those of you who've been with us before on the podcast, I'm joined every week by Trump Watcher, Adrian Collins. It's been another great week, Adrian, hasn't it? Well, it's been another eventful week, certainly for Trump. I'm not sure if he'd consider it great. I think the standout moment that generated plenty of headlines was his, the first really kind of official press conference where he fielded questions from left, right and centre. Up to this point, he's been picking selectively the media outlets that he knows are going to be fairly kind to him. This time he sat down, at, or well he stood up I suppose, and spoke to you know CNN, he spoke to Fox News, he spoke to the BBC. Yeah, on his terms, like he one of the press conferences, I think it was that one, he asked for a friendly question and this Jewish guy stood up, it was actually most people reckoned it was going to be friendly to him. The guy asks quite a reasonable question, mm-hmm. isn't allowed finish, President Trump, and we must call him President Trump. I must say I'm really upset that people don't give him that honour like he earned it. If he gets impeached or sacked or uh, God forbid anything else, that's fine. But he's the President of the United States. President Trump then misinterpreted the question and gives your man a hard time. But he willfully misinterpreted the question. He stood in the middle of his question. He stood up and he said, no, you can sit down now. You can sit down. And he said, I know where your question is going. And then proceeded to call himself President Trump, if we must insist on calling him President Trump. We must insist. We must insist on calling him President Trump. So he called himself the least anti-Semitic person that you've ever seen. Now, I think several people would have issues with that particular description. It was a spectacle and it was a spectacle in the way that he loves it. He actually quite, quite enjoyed getting to wind the media up a bit because he knew what buttons to push. He knew how to annoy them and he knew how to criticize them. And he got a lot of what he wanted out of that, which was the media examining their own role and saying, how dare he treat us like this, instead of talking about what he's actually but doing. But you may actually have hit on something here. You see, I could be to- we could be totally wrong on this because everybody could be totally wrong because he's been in office a month. So therefore, you can't judge a presidency by the month. Also, this is quite an unusual guy. So therefore... I think you have to throw out the window all your preconceived notions about how a president is supposed to act. And we may just find that he is what all the liberals think, a raving lunatic and narcissist and all those kind of things. Or he may actually be something else. You talked about winding them up. He has achieved some some element of what he wanted with that press conference. He, in, you know, in the middle of it, he said, I'm not ranting, I'm not raving, I'm just talking about how unfairly I've been treated. And kind of two things that happened afterwards were even Fox News, who he constantly praises in place of CNN and all the other channels that he seems to hate but can't stop watching. Even Fox News turned against and we have a couple of audio clips here where Fox News presenters stood up to Trump and, and gave him a bit of stick back. Jim Acosta over there from CNN, 
an accomplished reporter, a guy I've never met. It's, it's crazy what we're watching every day. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. He keeps repeating ridiculous throwaway lines that are not true at all and sort of avoiding this issue of Russia as, as if we're some kind of fools for asking the question, really? Your opposition was hacked and the Russians were responsible for it, and your people were on the phone with Russia on the same day it was happening, and we're fools for asking the questions? No, sir. We are not fools for asking these questions, and we demand to know the answer to this question. You owe this to the American people. Your supporters will support you either way. If your people were on the phone with her, what were they saying? We have a right to know. We absolutely do, and that you call us fake news and, 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 and put us down like children for asking these questions on behalf of the American people is inconsequential. The people deserve that answer, at very least. That was, so that was Shepard Smith, who is, I suppose, one of the more acceptable kind of not as far right faces on Fox News. But the fact that he was giving out in a term normally reserved for President Obama, that Fox News gave out to Obama like that, was quite extraordinary. But he wasn't the only one. On Sunday then, uh, they sent Rince Priebus out on the Sunday shows, and Chris Wallace also gave him an earful about the way that they've been treated by the media. Here's the problem, Chris. The problem is, is that you're right. Some of these things were covered. But you get about 10% coverage on the fact you did a very successful meeting with Bibi Netanyahu, the, the Prime Minister of the UK, the Prime Minister of Canada. We covered all of those uh, news you, conferences you started live. The Everybody Obama. did. Right, sure. Yeah, for about, yeah, right. But then as soon as it was over, the next 20 hours is all about Russian spies. But you don't no get to tell along, us what to do, how right? nothing's happening. You don't Give get to tell us break. what to do any more than, than Barack Obama did. Barack, Barack Obama whined about Fox News all the time. But I got to say, he never said that we were an enemy of the people. What's, can you contextualize that? Because I think people who are not like you, Adrian, you know, inveterate President Trump watchers, what's the point of like that clip we've just heard? Up to this point, Trump has gone on Twitter an awful lot to talk about the failing New York Times, lying CNN, all these crooked and lying media. Fake news has become a, a, a kind of a hallmark of his first month in the presidency. I think we can probably accept that CNN, The New York Times, Washington Post like to hold themselves to a certain standard. And Fox News have now moved over into that. Fox News, who would inevitably have always been on the right and sided with the Republicans, have finally drawn a line and said, this is enough. We can't all be tired with the same brush. and You can't call good, accomplished reporters who are our colleagues who work hard and we see them working hard every day. You can't call them liars and you can't call it fake news because it's misleading the people. Trump also afterwards, after this entire kind of thing, President Trump, sorry, yes, after this entire thing happened, then put out a survey asking, what do you think of the media? He called the media essentially the enemy of the American people. And this is a line that's going to come up again and again, I think, throughout the next four years eight years maybe even, they have such support within the base that they are able to say these people are the enemies of the American people. Our movement wanted President Trump. Our movement wanted what President Trump puts forward and anybody who stands opposed to it is an enemy of the American people. All right. Why do we assume that the media is the guardian of democracy? Why do we assume that you and me are the good guys and for argument's sake, the politician, whether it's President Trump, Teacher Kenny, or Prime Minister May, that they are the bad guys just because we, the media, say it. I mean, we, there is 
people in media have the same biases, have the same uh, attitudes as the ordinary people in the street. So it's quite possible. Is there's an assumption that the media are absolutely the good guys? I don't think it's necessarily that we have to consider ourselves the good guys. To get out of bed in the morning, you do have to have a certain sensation that you're doing something right anyway. But the media has always held themselves to we're down in the middle. We examine the areas that have been left unexamined or examine the areas that people don't have time to push on. This was one of the reasons that Trump got President Trump got elected was because he spoke plainly, he spoke clearly, and he said what he wanted to do. Okay. Other, other politicians don't do that. This week uh, on News Talk, on our Sunday show, for instance, we had Fergus Finlay and we had Noro, two good people and true, all right? Um but two very liberal people, one former Fine Gael Justice Minister, the other former advisor Dick Spring, now uh, Chief Executive at Bernardo's. And they savaged President Trump, as one would expect. Yet, if they had to vote, and they would vote as Democrats, and if they were Americans, they would have voted for Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton is a crook. And Hillary Clinton's entire background is, and the whole Clinton uh, apparatus through the Clinton Foundation raises enormous questions. You're selectively choosing what you want to complain about with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton had a long track record in politics, which you could point to and say she gets things done. And then you're talking about the Clinton Foundation. The Trump Foundation used money to buy six-foot portraits of Donald Trump for his clubs. So equally, if that's the definition of crook then you have to apply it to President Trump in the same way you apply it to candidate Clinton. I'm perfectly happy for both to be judged by the same standards. I have no difficulty with that at all. But I have a difficulty because you were the one, Adrian, who used the word selectively. You were the one who said, not me. So selectively, the media, the so-called guardians of democracy, who they view themselves as the guardians of democracy only said one person had a dodgy foundation. They never said the other person had a dodgy foundation. And that's my point. Now, I think his latest appointment, because when when your man resigned, remind me? General Flynn. Yeah. Yes. He's replaced him by another army guy, but an army guy who is in fact got the reputation of not bowing down to authority, not taking questions on face value and actually questioning them. So here's Trump appointing somebody one, but I think more importantly, somebody accepting the appointment. I think the acceptance is more important than the original appointment because a really tough guy says, okay, I can work with you, President. But there do you buy that at all, no? I actually do. There was a whole conversation in the lead up to... So we're one month in and in the kind of December, November period, just after he'd won, there was a lot of conversation based around whether or not you should accept a nomination if Trump came to you. If you were somewhere in the middle and you decided that you didn't want to vote for Trump or you didn't like Hillary. And if either of them had come to you and asked you to serve, but in particular Trump, how do you stand up to Trump? Well, you have to be involved. I I presume you're referring to President President Trump. Trump. Apologies, George. Yes, President Trump. If President Trump had come to you and asked to presidentially serve on his presidential... (laughs) (laughs) Well, the name name of the podcast, Adrian, is unprecedented. That's true, yes. Okay, well, my my sincere apologies both to you and President Trump. (laughs) But the question was whether or not you should serve. 
and end up being involved in the things that could and have inevitably gone wrong so far in the first month, or if you're better off being inside. And I think that the better position is to be involved and to stand up to him because he's surrounded himself, as we said about two weeks ago, with yes men. I'd like you to explain one thing to Okay. Me, because I don't actually get it. When, and I go, you've got to remember my first American election was uh, Eisenhower versus uh, Adlai Stevenson. Okay, so that's how far back ago. And my father explained them to me what a Republican was and what a Democrat was, right? Um, now, once they became president, they became president and they started to govern, right? They were in the White House and they did a job. Trump seems to be still campaigning. He still seems to be having rallies. Now, I stand to be corrected, but I don't remember presidents going out on the stump after election. And the Florida thing recently, for instance, I might like, what were your thoughts about that? I thought that was so strange. I do think it is not unprecedented, but I think it is a little bit odd for a sitting president to be going out and essentially having a campaign rally after he's already won the election. The The only really reason that I can think of it is during the campaign, I believe it was John Kasich was called up by one of Trump's sons and asked, do you want to be on the vice presidential ticket? The call got out, or you know, a version of the call got out that said, Kasich said, what would it involve? And he said, it would involve being in charge of domestic and foreign policy. Obviously, that's everything that the president does. So he said, but what is Trump going to do? Well, Trump is going to make America great again. Are you referring to President Trump? President Trump, yes. President Trump would make America great again. And I think that's what President Trump is doing. I think these rallies are him making America great again. It's a PR. He's good at PR. He's good at media. And that's what this is. And secondly, he's whipping up the base because he knows that all the lifelong politicians are waiting for the moment where he steps beyond the line that they've drawn in the sand. And he keeps moving forward. If he whips the base up, they're not going to turn against him. I think you're right. So let's analyse this and put it in some kind of context, okay? You get a job, I get a job. Our boss says to us, listen, what you're good at is this and what you're bad at is this. Now, I'm not going to put you in charge of what you're bad at. I'm going to put you in charge of what you're good at. So let's give the president um, the benefit of that for the moment. And he makes that decision. He says, this is what I'm good at, whipping up the base, talking to the people and all this. And this is what I'm bad at. And I'm going to appoint these guys to do what I'm bad at. Unlike previous presidents, who like Nixon been one, for instance, who who thought he could run the entire show himself and two other acolytes, that's the first thing. The second thing is, different presidents have realised there's a new way of communicating with the people. With with Roosevelt and Churchill have said it was the radio. With Kennedy, it was television. You weren't sitting in a bar when Kennedy came on television and effectively told us World War Three was about to start and nuclear missiles were going to be heading towards Dublin. Hmm. You weren't around that, were you? No, I wasn't. No. All right. Well, like, let me tell you, <laughs> I wasn't even a twinkle in my father's eye. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Adrian, I can tell you. I don't know what it was like sitting in a tube station in the 1940s with German bombs raining down, but I can tell you what it was like sitting in Dublin Bar watching Kennedy on television effectively saying we we could be in a nuclear conflict, okay? 
hide in it. You have lived beyond your means, right? So here's Trump and he said, oh, no, no, to mind radio, to mind television, Twitter's the way to go, social media's the way to go. I'm going to go directly to the people. And a rally is an extension of that. I think you're actually probably dead right because one of the things he's using social media like nobody else has used it before. He rode his Twitter account to the White House and that is the way that he connected with a huge amount of people who felt that they had been left behind. Now, Obama came to the White House similarly as the first social media president. But once he got in the door, he left all that kind of communication behind and he got accused of being professorial and a lecturer and stern and stood up and gave a bunch of... But Obama was the worst, in my opinion, I have to hasten to add, President Obama was the worst president since Woodrow Wilson in 1914-ish. In retrospect, do you not think he'll be judged to have made a lot... He's changed, for example, he's changed the role that Americans assign to government in, in the doling out of health care. It used to be you're left on your own, and now they expect a certain Obamacare, level of government involvement. Obamacare, not because Trump wants rid it's of it. It's the Affordable Care Act. If you're going to, we're going to say President Trump, we're going to call it right. Affordable the Care Affordable Act. The Affordable Care Act mm. is an unmitigated disaster. It's not going to fail because of Trump. It's going to fail because insurance companies discover. Let's just bring it down a little bit at the moment. Kind of, in America, there's a ton of people have no health care. So what's a reasonable assumption that they're going to be poor, probably going to be black or Hispanic, and they might be unemployed? Okay? That's a reasonable possibility. Yes? Mm. Now, with that, a lot of people who don't have health care may be sick. Okay? Mm. They may have underlying conditions. Not cancer, but conditions like obesity, smoking, drink, and so on. All those people suddenly, under the affordable Health Act were able to get health insurance, and the insurance companies who bought into it. And this is this is a fact. Like the insurance companies who bought into it suddenly discovered, look what we've got here. We've got all the risks. We haven't got Adrian Collins who hasn't had the flu in twenty years. <laughs> we've got health risks. So suddenly, at the end of the first year, they said, "Well, if we've got the riskier business." We've got to put the premiums up. So the premiums went up. It's not affordable health care anymore. And that's why it failed. Okay, prices jumped. They jumped especially coming into the election. They didn't rise as much in the first year and the second year as they did in the, you know, towards the end of the Obama presidency. They really started to jump. And people started to ask themselves, as you would, when you get a quote in the door from your health insurance, happened to me two weeks ago, my health insurance went up 25 quid a month. I called and I said, why are you charging me an extra 25 quid? What's it about? And they gave me some spiel about beds in a hospital, blah, 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 right? I know if I'm going to a hospital in Ireland, I'm probably not getting a bed anyway. So it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but Well, you are if you have health care. Well, look, we'll, we'll anyway, see. Look, the point, the point yeah. is, it was miscommunicated to a lot of people. They didn't realise, a lot of people out there did not realise that they were covered by Obamacare, that their, the caps went up on their treatment so they wouldn't have to pay as much if they went to hospital under Obamacare. And it changed the way that, they, that employers gave health care to their workers. So it made a lot of changes that people just didn't know because Obama did not communicate with people effectively all of the things that Obamacare was going to do to them, for them, sorry. And Trump is, Trump is going out to the base, Trump is tweeting, Trump is on social media all the time, reaching out to, like you said, People before had the radio and the television, and now 
social media is becoming the new television. I'd just like to close, if I may, because mm-hmm. we were talking about the rallies. Um, we, we, he had an interesting guest on one of his rallies, didn't he, in Florida. He brought in this guy, uh, uh, Gene Huber, wasn't it? He brought him in. What was he on about? Oh, was this the guy with the cardboard cutout? Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> he stood up on, on, <laughs> on the rally with... Uh, on the stage with Trump, he couldn't believe his luck that he was there. And he spoke about how he has a cardboard cutout of President Trump and this was his dream come true to stand up and talk to all these people. And I saw this man on television just now, you. He said, I love Trump. Let Trump do what he has to do. Come here. That's okay. Let him up. Let him up. I'm not worried about him. This guy, he's been all over television saying the best things, and I see him standing, and then you get here like at four in the morning, say a couple of words to this crowd. When President Trump, during, during their election, promised all these things that he was going to do for us, I knew he was going to do this for us. Now, uh, Emma Johansson is a school librarian in charge of the official at Sweden Twitter account. Uh, on Saturday night, she found herself having to deal with hundreds of questions as a result of President Trump's comments. Emma, what what happened? Tell me. Uh, when I started my night, not much happened. It was the pre-contest before the Eurovision Song Contest, so I was tweeting about that. When suddenly I got questions about if I was okay and is Sweden okay and uh, all these Swedish celebrities, if they were okay, and I was a bit confused about it. What, do you think the questions were coming from Swedes or were they coming from Americans? Uh, mostly Americans. And and how did the uh, how did the app respond? I mean, uh, how did at Sweden? Did you have a policy about the way you answered or what? No, that's the thing with the accounts. It's, they hand it over to a Swede, and then it's the Swede they hand it over to that decides what to do with it. So I had no no uh, rules or anything to go by. So I went with... I, I'm a school librarian, so I went with what I do at work, basically. I uh, did some fact checks. I checked with the main news sources in Sweden and uh, concluded that there's nothing going wrong and then I told everyone there's nothing going on. Are you? Are people in Sweden um, surprised by uh, President Trump's remarks? Uh, I'd say surprised and somewhat flabbergasted. <laughs> you, you have, of course, Emma, taken more refugees than any other country in Europe. Um, how do Swedes view that? I mean, there are, there have been trouble. There has been trouble in the past, has there not? But there's not not at all the level that the U.S. seemed to think, or because I got sent, when I was on that account, I got sent that clip from Fox News with that interview with the documentary filmmaker Amy Horowitz. The, the level they were talking about, that's not even, that's not true, basically. I mean, yeah, we've had troubles, that's very true, but not at all even close to that level. How often do you do this um, editorial job for At Sweden? Because you have a day job as a librarian. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm current, currently on sick leave because I broke my leg in December. Uh, and you only get the account for a week. Like, you get nominated by your friends or anyone that reads your personal Twitter. 
and then you get nominated to Curators of Sweden com or se and then you get asked if you want to do it and I said yes and then you get the account from Monday to Sunday so it was like the last two days I had the account that this happened Well thank you so much Emma we're really glad to hear things are all well and good in Sweden <laughs> Yes all is good Alright so well it's um, unprecedented with Adrian Collins and me George Hook this is episode 3 you can subscribe of course by going to iTunes and also uh, you'll find us on newstalk.com forward slash high noon but uh, do go to iTunes and we need all your votes by simply listening to us and we'll be back again next week good luck and goodbye and may your God go with you (laughs) 